Namaste. Welcome to the Hindu Parenting Podcast. We are back with one more festival episode. This time, let's find out all about Lodi. Lodi celebrated a day before Makara Sankranti, mainly in Punjab and Haryana. To share her knowledge and tell us about the importance of Lodi, we have Charuji, a media scholar. We also have a person who goes by the handle Curiosity on Twitter. Welcome to both of you. Thank you. Thank you, Rekha. Thank you. Namaste. It's great to have you both. To start with, can you tell us the meaning of the word Lodi? Lodi uh, stands for the holy fire that's lit in the festival. So Lodi means the fire, uh, basically. Okay. okay, so a bonfire is part of the celebration. Yes, the bonfire that's part of the celebration, the holy fire, that's called Lodi. Okay. Well, we do and have again, a similar thing in the south, right? Uh, a bonfire, uh, which is called Bogi. Yes, it, it comes from the Telugu states. And in fact, uh, last year, we did the festival of Makar Sankranti from uh, the Telugu states of Andhra Pradesh and uh, Telangana. And uh, that's where, uh, you know, bogey happens. We had a person from Telangana to speak yeah. last year. Yeah. And, uh, uh, but I think bogey happens even in Tamil Nadu. Tamil Nadu also it is there. And it happens Sorry? around Makar Sankranti. It happens around, around Makar Sankranti. Yes. Again, it's one day before, before Makar Sankranti. Okay. Yeah. 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 So same idea. It's actually honoring the sun because the sun is making an upward movement. Yeah. But in, in in the Punjab area that you both come from, what is the significance of Lohdi? Um, okay, so I know, you know, typically today, um, Lohdi is being called as um, a harvest festival or many other things, uh, you know, especially because it comes so close to Makar Sankranti. But my memory of, of Lohdi is very different uh, from what I heard from my grandparents uh, very, very different uh, significance. And my grandfather uh, always used to make sure that this significance is not lost on us because the popular culture in all the Punjabi clubs, the Punjabi sabhas, etc. used to be, we are celebrating a harvest festival. And my grandfather always emphasized that this is not a harvest festival. Harvest festival of Punjab is Baisakhi. So you're not celebrating harvest festival Lodi has a very different significance and it is tied to um, so-called you know small victories of people in those bleak times um, I'll, I, I can narrate the story that my grandfather used to narrate to us uh, uh, if that's okay that would be wonderful please go ahead so um, Lodi originates from a place called Shekhupura uh, Shekhupura was a village uh, which is now currently in, uh, you know, West Pakistan, uh, Punjab, which is part of Pakistan. Uh, my grandfather's Nanihal, that's, uh, that means his mother's, uh, you know, home uh, was close to Shekhupura. So he kind of uh, has connects to that place as well. So Lodi actually originates from a place called Shekhupura. Now the story goes by, uh, you know, Akbar was ruling at that point in time. Uh, bleak times, Hindus had to pay jizya, they couldn't mm. marry us for their own choice, they couldn't celebrate their own festivals as per their own choice, you know, so there were a lot of difficulties at that point in time. And during that time, one character, 
called Dula Bhatti Wala. Bhatti is the surname probably. He was like a Robin Hood of those times. Uh, what he used to do is, you know, he used to, uh, I think he had some connect with Akbar's uh, soldiers, etc. as well. But then he kind of broke off from them, seeing the tyranny of uh, the, you know, the whole uh, Mughal Sultanate and how they were torturing Hindus, etc. So he kind of broke off and he started helping the villagers and people around him because he felt that what was happening was not good. So he, he emerged like a Robin Hood in the area. So what he would do is he would uh, protect girls from being carried away by Mughals. He would, you know, protect cows from being slaughtered uh, by the Mughals, you know, at that point in time. He would also you know, uh, kind of do decoity or etc. or, you know, rob the uh, government uh, or so to say the treasury of the government and he would pass on to that money to the villagers which would help them pay jizya and help them not convert or help them do, you know, uh, get their lands back from uh, uh, the Muslim Samidars, etc. So he kind of emerged as a Robin Hood of this area and he was from this village Shekhupura. The story goes by that, you know, obviously because Dhula Bhatti Wala and he had collected a force of many uh, young men who were very, you know, supportive of the cause, etc. So um, they were being a nuisance to Akbar. And obviously, uh, every time uh, they would collect jazia and they would be taking it back to the treasury and Dhula Bhatti Wala and his men would drop them and distribute it back to the villagers uh, and support them uh, in something, uh, you know, in, in these things. So... Obviously, uh, Akbar and uh, his Subedas were very, very troubled by this guy. So Akbar sent one of his trusted Subedar called, who, who was named Asif Khan. Uh, he said, go to Shekhupura and get me this Dhula Bhattiwala. He's being, you know, he's become a big nuisance now. So Asif Khan goes with a whole uh, band of uh, soldiers to kind of catch hold of Dhula Bhattiwala. It is winter uh, season. December, uh, around December, uh, what we call in Hindi as Us Kamahina. They all go there and they go to this village Shekhupura. On the outskirts of this village Shekhupura, there is a mosque, a big mosque, and uh, there's a Malvi in that mosque, and uh, there's also a well, you know, just outside this mosque. So Asif Khan goes there, it's winter time, he puts the charpai on the terrace of the mosque and he lays down and he sends his soldiers go and find me Dhula Bhattiwala. You go in all directions, find out from the villagers and catch hold of Dhula Bhattiwala while I'll rest here. So he lays down in the winter uh, sun and, you know, basking in the sun and uh, he's, his men go out to kind of catch hold of Dhula Bhattiwala. There, because it's a well, so villagers used, you know, kind of used to fill water from that well. So a group of girl comes to that well to fill water. And among this group, there is a very beautiful girl uh, whose name is Sundari. She was named Sundari because probably she was very beautiful. But she is one of the most beautiful, uh, you know, girl in not just this village, but in the whole area there. So Asif Khan, uh, who's lying in the sun, he sees her from a distance and he's just besotted with this girl because she's so beautiful. And he's like, you know, I must have her. Uh, you know, he's, he's just filled with lust and he wants to uh, get hold of this girl. The, he approaches the girl, but girl realizes that his intentions are not good. So she runs away. So then he inquires from the Malvi, who's this girl? She's so pretty. Malvi says he's the local, uh, she's the local Brahmin's daughter. Her name is Sundari. 
so Asif Khan goes to this Brahmin's house. He's a poor Brahmin. He tells mm-hmm. him that, you know, I, I really like your daughter and I want to marry her, give her to me. So obviously Brahmin is not happy with the idea and uh, no Hindu parent wants uh, the daughter to get married to a Muslim, you know, to be part of the Muslim harem and obviously definitely not As- Asif Khan. So he is very troubled and he doesn't know what to say. But then uh, suddenly he says, this is, uh, you know, Pooska Mahina, uh, which is that winter month. And Hindus don't have marriages in Poos. So why don't you come after Poos uh, and uh, I'll be happy to marry my daughter because he just wants to buy some time. So he's, he makes this excuse and Asif Ghan gives him some money for buying jewelry, clothes, etc. And he says, okay, prepare for the wedding. I'll come uh, when Poos is over. So he goes away. Uh, they look for Dula Bhattiwala for a few days in the area. They don't find him. So they all go away. Now, Brahman is really worried and he doesn't know what to do. So he goes around asking people who can help me. My, you know, Asif Khan, can somebody help my daughter? Uh, you know, Asif Khan will come as soon as Poos is over and he'll take away my daughter. What, what should I do? So the village elders suggest to him that, see, the only person who can take Panga with, uh, or who can really hold fort against Mughal is Dula Bhattiwala. Nobody else has uh, either the wherewithal or, or the courage to kind of even face Mughals. So the only way that you can probably protect your daughter is approach Dula Bhattiwala. So Dula Bhattiwala is by that time, you know, he's not young. He's like in his late 40s probably or something. Uh, so uh, this Brahman kind of goes looking out, say, I want to meet Dula Bhattiwala. Finally, he meets Dula Bhattiwala after a few days. And he narrates his ordeal saying that this is how Asif Khan saw my daughter. Now he wants to marry. What do I do? So Dula mm-hmm. Bhattiwala says, don't worry. Now... She is my daughter and it's my headache. You go tension free. I'll mm-hmm. marry her before uh, Asif Khan comes to you and your daughter will be all protected. Don't worry about it. You go back home and just prepare for the wedding. So this Brahmin goes back. Uh, meanwhile, Dhula Bhattiwala looks for a suitable boy in a village which is you know, far away from Shekhupura, but... Uh, Similar Brahmin family, nice people, etc. So he finds a suitable boy for this, you know, girl. And on 13th night, which is when, when you know, the poos is just about to get over, uh, he brings this boy and uh, he gets Sundari and this boy married around the holy fire. And because, see, if, if they do a big wedding feast or if they make, you know, if they do big celebrations, then obviously the Malvi and the Muslims in the village will get to know. And they'll inform mm-hmm. Asif Khan's man. So they can't do a big celebration. They can't do a big wedding feast. So what they do is they just light like a winter bonfire. They do a small wedding with Vedic rituals around it. And because there's no wedding feast, what they do is to celebrate the Bharat uh, or the villagers that have collected. They give Gur, Shakkar, Rebdi and all those typical uh, things that you eat uh, in winter, that's what is passed around, uh, you know, as as the wedding feast because that's what it is. So in the morning, uh, Poos is over and uh, Asif Khan comes with the whole band, Barat, etc. And he realizes that Sundari is already married and she's gone off in the night and she's so he's you know very disheartened and obviously he's very angry against Dula Bhattiwala. But this incident is taken as a small victory. Uh, you know, by the Hindus in the area and they start celebrating it as, uh, you know, 
wedding of sundari uh, with that boy and that's how the whole song also goes i don't know if you've heard the lodi song or not but it says uh, sundari mundri hoye tera kaun bichara matlab who will think about you who will care for you dhula bhatti wala so dhula bhatti wala will think of you or will care for you dhule di dhi vyai dhi means uh, daughter in punjabi so dhule ki uh, daughter uh, you know she got married gud shakkar pai that's what is given to the uh, you know the baratis or the villagers as as a wedding feast so that's how the song goes and typically if you see in lodi the significance of girls first uh, you know first lodi after wedding is huge uh, uh, it's also because sundari got married to a good man and she's you know uh, she got a suitable boy uh, she was taken away from uh, the mughal uh, so to say uh, you know trap and she escape that mogul trap and she uh, she got married to a suitable boy so it kind of also links to girls being subhagyavati and uh, girls finding the right match and being happy in their family so significance of girls first lodi after wedding is also huge uh, again coming back from the same uh, story of sundari uh, uh, there yeah just want to add best. one to this because she told the story so wonderfully uh, i think that the song ends with teri jeeve jodi so basically you actually yes. bless, right is that isn't that right curiosity you bless yes, the yes. married yes. couple uh, yes you teri jeeve jodi yes hmm. so that you may live together forever and ever happily ever after uh, uh this one this this thing this beautiful seamless blending of makar sankranti and uh lodi is happening also because the month of poos is ending exactly at that time right and, mm. and so the in that story uh, the, the the poor man the poor brahmin said uh, after the month of poos is over you can come he told yeah. asif right and yeah. so when the month of poos ends that's when makara sankranti begins a new month begins right right and right so it has come together so beautifully so we have the story and so the the month also ends and so the folk uh, tale the tradition and the the story associates and transfers on to the existing celebration of makar sankranti which is a harvest festival so uh, just I making know. the point that nothing needs to be uh, totally black and white uh, and more than one thing can be true right 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 absolutely that's exactly what we understand that yeah this is really interesting but uh, what i find uh, very curious is that um, you mean to say that the origins of lodi is uh, somewhat recent that's what you're saying maybe uh, beginning of the mogal yeah, times yes yes around 450 years uh... okay okay uh, that's interesting rekha for the south indian version i'm not sure it's uh, that recent no i mean we don't know do you do you know no no not really um see for us it is uh, again like uh, curiosity said it's more about you know the harvest festival and uh, i mean see harvest festival has been used as a convenient uh, that's true metaphor uh, in recent times to pretty much say uh, uh, every hindu festival is has become a harvest festival even when yeah, there is no harvest season <laughs> so so, so we really need to research i think the origin of festivals in uh, the light of what curiosity has told us today yeah yeah <laughs> i find it very interesting you know that it's uh, 
uh, it has its origins in Mughal times. Uh, I would have thought it's uh, it's sort of timeless, yeah. you know, or it's very like very old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like a harvest celebrated. Uh, it's not that Punjab doesn't celebrate Makar Sankranti on the next day. This is the only festival, perhaps, which is celebrated so late into the night, almost midnight, uh, yeah, right? That's uh, which is uh, very and and if you also connect with how North Indian weddings over the times have, you know, uh, have started happening in the night, uh, it's also somewhere linked to that as well. So that tradition started only because they used to take away uh, the women, uh, right? Uh, right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, somewhere it's also linked to that uh, as well. Yeah, I used right. to find it fascinating how all the Punjabi weddings, the main activities of Punjabi weddings took place in the middle of the night because mm. when we saw movies, you know, or we knew South Indian friends, their weddings were during the day. And, you know, you'd usually question, isn't day the auspicious time? But they would have the muhurat for really, really early in the morning. And when we were kids, we would fall asleep because we wouldn't be able to see the whole wedding because it was so late. Uh, but yeah. curiosity is right. And I've also heard that from my parents and grandparents that not only it was just about girls, it was also that the girls were usually laden with gold and silver. So right. they were, you know, a double prize. Yeah, and, and imagine this is the only harvest festival, so to say harvest festival, which happens at midnight. I mean, it's really funny because all our harvest festivals are morning festivals. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, you can't do a harvest at midnight. Yeah, that's quite so, bizarre. In the research, you know, uh, Sankranti is typically connected with the sun. So this is very interesting because it happens at night, which is very opposite, uh, very different yeah. from what happens in the rest of the country. Because in the south, definitely it's associated with sun worship also. So when I was researching, I did read that because what they've done is, like you're saying, it's not really Harvest Festival, but they connect the things that are not linked together. So apparently the Rabi crops, those are the like the winter crops, they uh, they do harvest them, but it, it doesn't exactly overlap with it. But it's just around the time, January, February, you know, so they can call it a Harvest Festival. Um, but uh, there are a few crops that actually, you know, because there are two kinds of Rabi um, crops that, and the that are. Yeah, and Karib, exactly. So the, the winter ones actually ripen now, but I was reading that maize, which we all, which we eat during the season, that is actually a Karif. So, you know, it's it's already been harvested in October, November, and we started start having makiki roti, you know, the maize roti with sag. Um, so it's not exactly harvest festival, and but they, of course, they can call everything that because they don't want to go deep into the story. So when you listen to curiosity, curiosity's story, then you realize that there are some other meanings in the way the festival is celebrated now. True, true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if it is a harvest festival, obviously you should be having... Um whatever is harvested at that time which is true right. in the south you know people do have uh, whatever is harvested at that time it's the new rice uh, which is used to make that pongal uh, you right. know right. so it is connected in some ways to the harvest so yeah mm-hmm. as you said you anything can be connected to harvest to desacralize everything right. you know so <laughs> uh, yeah. that's that's the way to do it so and and yeah. punjab does have a harvest festival it's called baisakhi Exactly. When, yeah. when does that happen? That's April. In, yeah. April. It's in April. April. So yeah. we have 
two things here with Makar Sankranti, two things going on. One is, you know, the harvest festival part. And the other is worship of uh, Surya Devata. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, so um, does Lodi have any rituals associated with it for any reason? Because from what you said, it sounds like, um, you know, a folk tradition or uh, its origin started with a celebration related to a story. So it's an event that's being celebrated. Uh, so I was curious to know if there are any rituals that go along with it. So typical rituals are you bow to the fire, you pray to the fire, like uh, like in a wedding, you have you know the holy fire and everybody sits around it, prays to it, etc. And then uh, one of the rituals that typically people follow, and you'll see a lot of uh, Punjabis, uh, you know, making a big hoopla about it, new clothes, uh, new jewelry, which is typically again very, uh, very, very much associated with weddings as well. Uh, mm -hmm. nowadays uh, and then uh, you know even if you're rich uh, you know you still will have those revdi, gold, shakar uh, uh, the ground nuts etc which is very rustic rural uh, uh, and so to say povertarian uh, kind of snacks around this time uh, essentially because that's what uh, Sundari's uh, Bharat so to say uh, feasted on so those are typically the rituals uh, uh, around and there is also, you know, if there is a, somebody who's celebrating their first Lodi after their wedding or a new child, uh, you know, whose first Lodi after being born, I think that special blessings, special prayers are being said for them. Uh, and, and it's said that, you know, uh, having them around the fire kind of blesses them, etc. So that's typically the rituals that we have followed in the family. And you also feed the fire, just like just like Agni, you know, you put ahuti in Agni, like in, in wedding time. Yeah. Here you have uh, um, uh, uh, peanuts, uh, jaggery, sesame seeds, uh, and popcorn, which is maize, you know, so, uh, and uh, every family has their own traditions. For us, we would always make jaggery rice that day. Sometimes add coconut to it, but mostly jaggery rice, which is also offered to, with, with a lot of ghee, which is also offered to the Agni. And if you have, like, in Punjabis, Again, I don't know how it works in South Indian families, but in Punjabis, you have a lot of what Punjabis call lane dain. Actually, for daughters, it's only dain. You just keep giving your daughters everything. So if she's newly married, then a lot of stuff would go to her house. My mother tells me, uh, because my mother has uh, several brothers, but one of the brothers lived in Delhi where we grew up. Um, and she said, uh, so her bhabi, her sister-in-law would send uh, a sack of rice, uh, several kilos of dal along with a whole container of ghee the next morning after Lodi, uh, because that was considered the sagan, the auspicious um, uh, 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 gift that you gave uh, to your family. Um, but I wanted to say a little bit also, uh, as I talked about, you know, how even though there are stories just and everything. To, just to intervene yeah. here. So yeah, it is very interesting that you are talking about rice, you know, uh, yeah. and uh, the Pongal in, the South, in, in South India, is also made yeah. with jaggery and rice, the new rice, mm -hmm. and okay. and the dal. Uh, there is uh, the pongal consists of new rice, jaggery, mm -hmm. and uh, dal. That also, I don't know if the dal is also the harvest uh, product of the time, or the dal is added uh, just generally. Uh, but the rice is certainly harvest related because it's the new rice. And uh, you cook all these together. So it's interesting as a Punjabi, you're talking about rice, whereas your staple food is wheat, right? 
generally. Right, right. Yeah, Curiosity's family might be different, but we do make jaggery because so the thing is the reason you did jaggery rice was originally it was cooked in sugarcane juice, but we don't get it anymore, you know. So we make it in jaggery. So it was actually the the sugarcane juice was cooked, which is what the rice was cooked in. And the khichdi was I was talking to other people about getting more information. It was also uh, a food that actually was good for everybody, and it was you know it was a festival, so you could you could make it easy if you had a lot of people coming in so there was the, there were those reasons as well they said because usually there were large gatherings so there was another thing that that my mom's always said uh, that we like you avoided eating like all oh, this was also the last time you ate muli radish and sesame seeds because then the season changed so what i wanted to talk about was how eventually in hinduism because which you know i'm going to bring a concept from rajiv malotaji's book uh, where he talks about integral unity where we combine several things where we understand parmartika which is you know the eternal laws and spiritual ways of living and then vevarika which is our behavioral the way we behave in the world and how they are connected so if you think about it there are these planetary movements happening there's the upward movement of the sun uttarayan it's called right and then it's moving into saturn and uh, i was talking to my cousin and she was talking about the fact that you know saturn and sun are not necessarily friends saturn is the cold planet sun is the warm planet and so so to bring the marriage together you combine you know the the sesame seeds and the um, uh, jaggery and all of that and they're also good for you seasonally like because of that season uh, these foods together are uh, you know they they warm your body they they clear your nasal passages and whatnot so that is another thing another thing i learned was this song that uh, curiosity talked about dula batti wala it's actually a kind of a poetry it's called var which is uh, which is uh, 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 poetry singing singing about heroic deeds of the uh, of some heroes or people or folklore and so if you think about it then it combines the the art and music and it combines the folklore with the understanding of seasons planetary movements and then takes up this uh, uh, story that 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 uh, you know gives us this hero who we celebrate and combines all of that so it's like there is this inherent wisdom in the culture in sanatan dharma that understands uh, all these aspects uh, and brings it together um and so one of the other things that i know uh, and and i've heard other people because by the time i grew up it was slightly different but lodi was always a communal festival so the other ritual in lodi was that uh, children mainly children did it because it was a fun festival for kids they would go from house to house to ask for lodi and what did what did that mean that meant like people go you know asking for candies so they would ask and then they could get money or they could get uh, these gachak chickies with sesame seeds and jaggery peanuts popcorn maize uh and um uh wood logs you know the wooden logs to be able to use them in the fire sometimes and, and i mean earlier times they used to take uh, dried cow dung which of course by the time i was growing up i'd never seen that but it was used as fuel and uh, they would go from house to house collecting and if somebody didn't give them they would have this song called uh, not song but like a little phrase hukka bhai hukka which means uh, you know it's just a rhyme basically saying this house is starving or hungry and they're miser and they won't give you anything but i do remember that we had a like every house had a little lodi little fire where we also used it as spring cleaning if we had old furniture we throw that in old charpoys and stuff like that 
but also there was a big fire that was uh, usually uh, organized by young boys in the neighborhood. And they did come to your house. Sometimes they were so professional. They would also give you a receipt if you gave them money. They would have this little receipt book, uh, give us some money and we'll we'll buy the wood. Uh, but one of the things that has changed in Delhi is like now all these open spaces are like uh, illegal spaces to park cars. So you don't see it as often, but it was definitely communal. And then kids would stay up all night uh, singing, dancing, eating these goods. And the next day, which when people talk about Makar Sakranti, because it's considered a good day to give donation and share things with people. Next day was the time when all the sweepers, postmen, people who worked for you, you know, uh, the artisans, they would come and ask you, they say, give us Lori, and then you gave them the same food, you shared, shared all of that with them. In my house, my mother would actually make piles of rice and ask us kids to touch each one of us. Everybody in the family was supposed to touch it, rice and, and dal. And I didn't know until I grew up. I said, what, what was that about? She says, then I collected it all and gave it to the temple. And then temple used to make khichdi to distribute it among uh, you know, the, the needy. Now, what is important about that part is that it is not just a celebration. It is a celebration with foods that are good for you health-wise, that fit the season. You also know that you won't be eating this again uh, another season. But also within it is whether or not it's true or how it's a belief is that giving away things is good. It brings community together. And we also recognize that we have to share our goodwill with others. And, and, and that continues. Charu, I would want to add something here. Uh, the yeah. you know ritual of uh, giving kichdi or you know us touching the kichdi and that going to temple. That's yeah. actually part of Makar Sankranti, not just in Punjabi families, but the entire north. So uh-huh. it's it Makar Sankranti is celebrated in Punjabi families and in the other North Indian families as well. Because mm-hmm. my uh, mother is from a you know she's a t- typical UP Banya. So okay. She brought this uh, ritual, uh, you know, uh, uh, to our family, and we celebrated. But Lodi is something which is very exclusive to Punjab. Uh, That's true. Uh, so, uh, but it doesn't mean that Punjab doesn't celebrate Makar Sankranti. So you are celebrating a harvest festival the next day, or Makar Sankranti, or whatever you want to call it. But you're also celebrating Lodi the night before. That's true. And somewhere, I think, over time, those because those two festivals happens together. It was yeah. very convenient to put them both as part of the same festival or, you know, the Harvest right. Festival and call it like, you know, and, and forget how it actually started. Actually, that's a very good point you bring up because my mother is also, because after partition, my grandparents moved to Lucknow, UP. So I think they might have picked it up, picked this tradition up there about rice and dal. Uh, so uh, that's a very good point uh, because it was a very typical in our family too. Not all Punjabis did this, but yeah, you're right uh, about that part. Interesting how we integrate always, no? Yeah. So probably uh, Charu, your fa- your family picked up this thing tradition from uh, UP, and it's mm-hmm. integrated seamlessly with what you do otherwise, you know. So right. Right. I think right. only we can claim this kind of assimilation without uh, uh, without destroying the core of what things are you know you just add to it you don't you don't suppress or take away something to add something else it's always the more the merrier you know you do this you do something else also right. so right. It, and i think that's such a different 
that's a different history from other systems where they have to impose one over the other. And I think that's that's the strength of Sanatan Dharma to yeah, not do true. away with the old. Yes, yes, yes. Take everything and everybody along, you know. So that's that's yeah. that's been the way. Okay, so I think, um, you know, we should talk a little bit about uh, how people living abroad, you know, Punjabis, uh, continue to keep their connect with the festival. What do they do? Okay, so uh, they'll follow me. I've lived outside of yeah. India for good parts of my life and most of the years were spent as students. So that time you don't think about it, although, you know, tradition was we'd call home and whatnot. Uh, I also didn't spend that much time around Punjabis, but I have cousins in, um, in and also, so it, it celebrated much more in places like England where you had collectivity. You see, what happens is with my, with my work on diaspora and all, when people move, if they move one or two families and that's it, and they don't find similar traditions when they go abroad, then those traditions will, you know, go fade away within a generation's time. Whereas my family in, in England, London, they were like, you know, you've, you've got these Punjabi neighborhoods. Now, of course, it's slightly different. They've all moved away, but they used to be like solid people living in the same neighborhood and neighbors were Punjabis and whatnot. Then they did celebrate. Um, and uh, oftentimes they would have this this little fire, uh, you know, in their backyard because, you know, you have rules and regulations in these countries. Um, so when I talk to my cousin now, we all have these um, outdoor uh, uh, fireplaces. They're very small. So we do have a, I do it, a, a ritual, um, but uh, the Gurudwaras have taken it up. So, so maybe... Curiosity can tell you more about it. Gurudwaras have made it a big festival. So you actually see it very common in, because it is from Punjab. Um, and um, I saw it once in a temple in Delhi because I don't, you know, I don't live there. So um, they do a little bit of that in temples. Uh, but outdoors, um, what happens is, especially if, if a daughter gets married, then they do a big one. Then it's a big festival even now even in places like yeah, England. It's big now again in Delhi and CR because of the whole you know, there is this whole Punjabi culture. So Karwa Chauth has become big monetized uh, commercial yeah. thing. So Lodi's also become uh, similar, right? So like my uh, society, uh, you know, they used to do a small one, but typically as as the Punjabi, uh, you know, uh, families kind of increased and it's not like, you know, it's majority Punjabi. I think probably 10% of Punjabi families in the entire, uh, you know, condominium. But we have a huge uh, Lodi celebration now. Uh, so they, they put up this huge bonfire uh, with all the popcorn, the jaggery, the sweets and yeah. everything uh, there in the common area. And then there are stalls put up as well. So you could buy, you know, snacks, charts, whatever you, that you want to buy uh, around as well. And then ladies also put up their uh, clothes, stalls, etc. So it, it's become like a big, big commercial uh, thing mm. now and I think I think that's the way with Punjabis I mean everything becomes like a big festival over time right. so that's what right. happened here yeah 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 that's true well that's good to hear though uh, I was in in a few years ago I was in Delhi for Lodi and I was surprised to see that there were so many fires on that day and uh, when I've spent time in in London around that time I, I hardly saw anything in the U.S. because U.S. is so huge that it spread out and where I live uh, there are less than like 10 Indian families in the entire town and most of them are not Punjabis so um, uh, you know uh, uh, 
in in so whenever when people go abroad if you are a, a many families together there is much more incentive to celebrate and that is why it is important for temples to keep it alive uh, like gurdwaras have kept it alive this is just my suggestion so totally agree with you charu yeah otherwise you know there is this also uh, danger of uh, you know one section or you know uh, i don't want to call them out but taking right. and using festival which is not something that we want exactly because so now because because of this whole identity uh, issues that we have it's like no 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 this is celebrated by this or them like like i have to explain to people uh you know uh, how can you be a punjabi you're not a sikh no you know right. I mean, exactly yeah. right i have to explain that i am a punjabi but not a sikh and yeah. it's so difficult to explain that to people sometimes yeah so to say yeah you're you're bringing up a very good point because people who are not closely associated with the culture this is the mistake that we all make especially uh, people quite removed like from the south and also because of what bollywood has portrayed mm-hmm. um you know there's a lot of misconceptions about uh, northern cultures especially about punjabi culture i feel you know it has kind of been distorted quite a bit by bollywood <laughs> that's just my you know thought on that a lot by bollywood <laughs> a lot by bollywood yeah <laughs> and there is yeah. this one section which is trying to hijack some of the culture and then there's this pakistani muslim groups which are again also trying to claim uh, lay claims to that culture so you know right. we're being kind of uh, pounced on uh, on all sides there right yeah. and i think you know we hindus in general tend to let ourselves be boxed in and uh, not lay claim to the Uh, original culture and i i do find that many things like for example i have a feeling that you know bangladesh is taking the sari if if it goes out of fashion here then uh, you know they they dress in sarees and you know it's all right. the same look no bindi right. but sari right. and um, so i mean i think we have to have our uh, gi tag you know on a lot of the traditions that we have otherwise it's going to just be appropriated including uh, things like yoga as we very well know what's happening i'm, I'm going to so. give you an example here in our neighborhood right across uh, we had uh, um, a family thakur family and the the lady spoke punjabi very well and the uncle didn't but i knew that you know uh, he understood and i also knew that he must have been punjabi because you know there were older people they probably punjabis only married punjabis one time i asked him mr uncle how come you don't speak punjabi and he said beta because i'm from haryana i'm from that part where we didn't speak punjabi but we are punjabis so that's another diverse part of india because we divided states and based on languages sometimes mm-hmm. you don't speak the language but you are from that culture you yes. know and and yes. this is such a diverse so that's this boxing that you said you know i like curiosity said hindi is her language i spoke hindi i taught myself punjabi by watching youtube uh only recently and i want to read and write it as well but i spoke hindi all my life but not punjabi but i can understand it completely because i grew up in a punjabi neighborhood you know and uh, rituals are punjabi and and i was ashamed to see the way punjabis are portrayed in bollywood by the way many times Yeah, yeah so that's what we cannot say, uh, talk about a culture in in uh, you know binaries or things like that it's so varied because i i brought up a point about how you know we just keep on assimilating and not <laughs> throwing out the old uh, right rekha brought up the important point of how others are appropriating our traditions you know and uh, uh, sort of we are discarding them so right. we are such a 
I mean, I don't know how diverse we are. It's just so impossible in one sense to make sense of us. You know, I think that's Fine. why we've also uh, survived probably in whatever uh, decadent way, maybe currently, but uh, we have just survived because we're so complex and so difficult to understand, you know, for somebody uh, who's only used to a certain way of uh, thinking and looking at things. So that's... Right. Uh, Unless we learn to proudly not just embrace but proclaim our diversity and culture and feel proud about it openly, you know, we risk this boxing in and appropriation by others. So that uh, movement, again, you know, it's best taught, I think, within families, the, the pride for your culture and the courage to speak openly about it and say, yes, this is mine and I'm proud of it. And this right. is true diversity. So again, you know, coming back to this parenting podcast. So this is very important for uh, young parents to emphasize to kids. And um, the other important point when uh, Charu was mentioning about um, how kids used to go around and demand uh, things to eat, you know, it, it yeah. draw, draws a parallel with the current Halloween celebrations that they have. And I think we have been taught to become ashamed of uh, something similar that we probably have in our native cultures um, and discard that and adopt Halloween as something very great. So uh, probably it's it's a signal, you know, to us to... Um, and also to recognize that when they're asking for it, they're asking for eating not for themselves because it's a communal festival. They will all take it to a big bowl where everybody will share it when the Lodi is lit. You see, that's the other thing. On top of that, these are not just your candies. Like also, you know, um, like about 50 years ago when Halloween people used to make candies to give to children. But these are actually good for your health. I was reading about sesame seeds. They're good good in calcium, phosphorus, all those things that you need for your bones while the time in wintertime, there's no sun. So you think about uh, the, the common wisdom of Ayurveda also being included in this. Because you don't eat this uh, generally around the year. You use it in winters. But one thing I wanted to talk about when you were talking about uh, appropriation is, and, you know, Curiosity talked about, she emphasized that Lodi is particularly Punjabi. And that is important because when I was researching, because I thought, okay, I know a little bit. Let me research. I won't, I cannot tell you the stories that I read. One, I heard, I read story connected to uh, Shiv and Parvati. Then there was another story about Krishna. Uh, saying uh, that uh, Kansa had sent Lohita named uh, um, uh, demoness to kill Krishna. But uh, when I was growing up, I never heard those two stories. The only story we knew of was Dulabhattiwala. So it's very important to recognize that connection to Lori and the way it is celebrated in Punjab. Does, does that mean that you can have bonfire and other festivals as well? Sure. But I think we need to remember different stories. And, and the one that Curiosity talked about is quite important historically uh, and to our culture as well. So anything that either of you wants to say specifically that our parents can, um, you know, sort of, take to heart and uh, implement in their own uh, families? Um, uh, I think uh, we need to jot down stories. We need to write down stories from our parents and grandparents. Uh, we need to make sure that we don't blindly follow the stories that are given to us on the internet, but we need to have family connections where you know stories are passed down from generation to generation. 
we need to recognize that festivals are regional, even though they have commonalities. And we need to recognize if you have such a thing as going and asking for Lori, uh, you know, uh, because today you won't go and ask for uh, wood logs because people don't have them, but you can still have bravery and gachak and moomfili, which is peanuts and uh, popcorn. You can still do that. These are healthy snacks. And you can create, like, if you don't have something like that in your neighborhood, you can create it. But more importantly, say, for example, you're living in a mixed neighborhood and it's a Punjabi festival. That's okay. But you have to also understand it's also a winter festival. So a community can create it that way, recognizing it, it's still a Punjabi festival. Um, I personally think this, this tradition of kids going from house to house is a very good tradition for children knowing people in the neighborhood and vice versa, especially now that we are living in more and more in apartments. That is true. I agree. You know, it's a way to connect with the larger community. And that's what we are uh, sort of losing. And uh, any young parent today cannot um, raise Hindu children or raise children as Hindus on their own. So it's... it's um, very helpful to realize that early on and uh, make connections with other Hindu families who can then come together. You need a community to go and ask for Lohri also. Absolutely. So, yeah, so it's something that you bond with as a community. And so it's so important to establish these bonds with other families and look for families who can do these kinds of things with you. Uh, this thing I was thinking about is the concept of Dan. That we have totally lost it. Actually, I remember. Very important. Yes. Right. Uh, both Charu and Curiosity mentioned about how, uh, you know, uh, they used to collect uh, some rice and give dan. Mm. And then the temple would uh, make khichdi out of it. So that's, again, a, a very important community connection. And it brings the religious connection with a temple. And uh, it's time to stop... Um, you know, um, avoiding things that are religious in nature, because we've done that. We've run away from religion for like 70 years now, and mm. it's not working. So just as everybody embraces, you know, a connection to their mosque or church, there is no reason why we should feel ashamed or disassociate from religious activities in any way. Mm. And uh, so giving dan is particularly important to... Uh, tie into that I think and uh, it's something that parents can emphasize very early on to both build community and also help the uh, the less economically prosperous uh, Hindus and that's the only way to build community and that needs to come back again right yeah and I don't I'm sure you also remember my memory is whenever like any uh uh, underprivileged people came to the house especially around festivals and our parents would give them something they would actually hand it to us and they would say give it to them and that was a very good uh, way of learning so they like they would hand me okay here take these fruits and put it in a jolly you know or in her bag or something so that was training us you know, uh, uh, about giving. And that was, uh, it also felt good because it felt like we all of a sudden became part of something. Uh, it gave us some agency and, and we felt so proud of our parents. Yes. And, um, you know, one interesting thing here, uh, when we think of the word underprivileged, you mm -hmm. associate giving things that are not needed. 
But yeah. when you give, you're supposed to give the best of what you have. Mm -hmm. So uh, especially on these festivals, uh, kids need to be taught to perhaps give their best or to buy something new and then, you know, um, give that to somebody who needs it uh, as a way to also understand what sacrifice means. It is sharing, it is sacrifice, it is parting with maybe a new dress that you have not used, you know, as opposed to giving away things that you have used and you don't need anymore. So Actually, that reminds me, sometimes on Lori, you did give away, away warm clothes. You did. And sometimes you bought new ones and you gave it, you know, in temple and whatnot. That was a tradition. Yeah. I, I actually really enjoyed it. But I, I am grateful that you asked me because um, I I asked myself these, because I'm a media scholar, of how much untruth is running around on 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 internet because do you know that some places they call Dula Bhattiwala a Muslim man they said he was a Muslim oh man slaving girls from <laughs> Zamidars so uh, it has been a very very uh, interesting and uh, uh, varied conversation with lots of hues and colors of uh, various cultures intermingling and you know it, it's uh, it's been uh, really great uh, so thank you Charu and thank you Curiosity for coming on, on our podcast and sharing your thoughts uh, about Lodi with us and wish both of you as Punjabis a very happy Lodi. Thank you both uh, for coming in. And uh, to our listeners, uh, we'd like to tell you to please follow us uh, on hinduparenting.substack.com. That's our uh, platform where we put out all our podcasts and uh, we will also be linking um some of the things that we have spoken about in this podcast, you'll find links to some things uh, on the on the Substack platform. So please do follow us uh, there. Uh, we are also there on all social media channels. We go by the handle Hindu Parenting, and we are uh, our podcast is also available on all uh, podcast platforms. So please catch us wherever you find it convenient. We are also there on YouTube. So if that's your favorite platform please do find us there too. So thank you all for listening to everyone celebrating Lodi, a very happy Lodi. And until the next time,